0: Welcome to the Barbershop Breakdown. This is your man, Ross Gold Squeeze-Off with... What you black, man? Well, about four or five days ago, we did a show... On Should public school police be allowed to carry guns in the school? Uh, Currently in Baltimore City, they're not allowed to carry guns in the school uh, during school hours, uh, active school learning hours. They actually have to push their gun into a safe, and we did a whole show about it. So we decided to get a subject matter expert, and we were lucky enough to get one of the best, probably the most knowledgeable person about this situation. Uh, Mr. Rich
1: Blackman, tell them all about it. Okay, so uh, we had an interview with uh, Sergeant Clyde Boatwright. Who is the president of the Baltimore City School Police uh, Organization and he spoke with us a little bit about uh, uh, exactly what the debate is and and, and about the officers not being able to carry the guns inside the school and uh, kind of where everyone stands on it. So check out the interview.
0: All right, well, welcome to the Barbershop Breakdown. I'm um, Jermaine Roscoe, squeeze-off with my partner, Mr. Rich Blackman. And today we have a special guest, uh, Mr. Clyde Boatwright, who is the president of the Baltimore School Police Union. Um, Mr. Boatwright, can you tell us a little bit about your background and the uh, history with the police and the school department which is County and what your bell kind of entails?
2: Okay, so um, I began my career um, back in 2000 um, as corrections officer um, I spent a year um, in corrections, and then I went to the Baltimore City Sheriff's Office as a, as a deputy sheriff. I stayed there for two years, um, and then uh, in 2003, I came to the Baltimore City School Police, um, where I was assigned uh, to patrol um, as an officer. Um, I was uh, assigned to my alma mater, uh, Carver High School in Baltimore City, uh, where I became the uh, police basketball coach. And uh, later uh, in my career, I became the girls' basketball coach. But um, after being assigned to Carver, I was subsequently um, promoted to the rank of corporal back in 2007, um, and assigned to the evening shift uh, patrol. So, which was uh, the four, four, four p.m. to midnight um, patrol. I was uh, the patrol supervisor and uh, citywide um, um, shift commander. Um, I later. Um, negotiated our first union contract um and from that um uh, my assignment changed from the uh shift commander of the evening shifts to uh being full-time detailed uh to handle union business only um as the first um, union president in the history of school police and uh, that's where i've been since 2012 um just handling union business every day
0: oh, wow wow that's, that's pretty impressive pretty impressive well, let's jump into the, the topic at hand. Uh, the reason we want to have you on as kind of the subject matter expert is because what's been going on with the Baltimore City uh, School Council not really wanting to have the Baltimore City Police carry guns in schools. So mm-hmm. first of all, we I did some research and I saw a couple of your articles and I saw you, you believe that Baltimore was in danger of doing the grim list of uh, cities such as uh,
2: deadly city school shootings such as.
0: Well, Littleton, Colorado, Newtown, Connecticut, and Parkland, Florida. Do you still think that's possible now?
2: Well, I, I think it's, it's definitely possible uh, given the, the high level of gun violence in Baltimore City. I mean, we frequently talk about the 300 murders, but we don't talk about the over 600 uh, non fatal shootings that happen in the city of Baltimore. Um, you know, some people will have you believe that um, black kids are not going to shoot up schools. Um, I, you know, I, I tend to agree that the data does not show uh, that it has happened before. But if you go back to, um, you know, Monday, September 10th of 2001, uh, there was no data to suggest that people were going to just start randomly flying planes in the building. Um, so, you know, to say that it hasn't happened means it's not going to happen um, is is a is an unfair argument um, for people to make. Uh, I, I think that we have to look at the root causes of some of the, the issues that happen. I mean, we've had two murders in, in Baltimore City Schools, one, one in 2008 and uh, the other one in uh, 2014 or 2015 um, where these students were stabbed. Um, they did not, you know, we've had, you know, dozens of stabbings but these were, you know, two incidents where, they, you know, these students were fatally stabbed. Now, how that correlates uh, on, with, um, Officers being armed. Uh, it, it was during a time where um, police officers, if you if you see a police officer, they are deterrent. So um, to say, oh, I know that officer's holster is empty, so he has nothing on his belt that can stop this knife. So I'm I'm gonna carry the knife anyway. You know what I mean? So it's it's a okay, mindset thing. Yeah, it's a mindset thing. So I just yeah, hope that you know people. Yeah, I just hope people understand that you know our officers don't carry or want to carry or, or carry guns uh, specifically for the students. It's for any potential threat uh, that could come into the school.
0: Perfect, perfect. I fully, I fully understand you. Uh, now, one of the things that I read about is that some possible currents or even the little student organizations were worried about possible harm or uh, any type of gun-related issue between a police officer and a student. Uh, if, if the police were to be armed, how could you assure that that would never happen?
2: Well, it's interesting. In the, in the last question, I talked about 9-11. On September 11, okay. the school superintendent and the chief of police made an executive order to have all Baltimore City school police officers armed at all times. Um, that went against the state law, um, but it was an executive order, and they were at that time they were willing to take the consequences of, of having the police officers armed. That was unchanged for a period of 15 years. So, when I came, I talked about earlier in my intro, I came to school police in 2003. I did not know that there was a law that said that you can't have your guns. I mean, that was never even presented to me. I walked in the door, I did the, uh, the required training. They issued me a firearm, they sent me to my my, uh, my, my patrol location, and nobody ever can tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, you got to store your gun away, you know, you got to put it that, safe. That didn't happen. I mean, for a period of 15 years, um, without incident, none of our officers have been disarmed. None of the kids have uh, been able to gain access to the weapon, and none of the nobody. There's no data to suggest that we will use the weapon in a in a, a bad way towards students. And, the, and the, so, if people want to throw out data, let's let's not discount the 15 years that we did this without incident.
0: Perfect, perfect, perfect. Once again, it's the barbershop shop breakdown. Uh, and then Roscoe off with Rich Blackman And we have Mr. Clyde Boltwright Who is the president of the Baltimore City School Police Union um, My next question is kind of a two part question For you here uh, By not arming the police in Baltimore City Schools what kind of messages are we sending To children and also on the flip side of that Is should we be worried about The message we're sending to students When they are armed So are they armed or they aren't What message is it kind of sending to children either way
2: Well, I look at it as, um, you know, uh, it's it's irresponsible of of adults that have decision-making powers to intentionally send our kids in harm's way. Um, There's 24 jurisdictions in the state of Maryland, and 23 of them have armed police officers in every middle and high school. Um, To suggest that because we are school police, that we're in some way different than the other police departments in the state of Maryland is is uh, irresponsible again of, of people who should be um, smart enough to know what they're saying when they say it. So the message that we're sending uh, to the eighty to uh, the eighty thousand Baltimore City school students is that your safety um, is is not as important as the other students throughout the state of Maryland. If these pundits who are against us truly cared about kids, should 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 it only be the kids in Baltimore City schools? Why don't they take this show on the road and go to the other 23 jurisdictions and tell those officers to disarm as well? Um, we're talking about four hours, a four-hour gap. You know, most dismissal bells um, are, are are open from like eight o'clock to like ten. So, where our officers are outside um, or in the in the main hallway or patrolling the exterior of the building while the kids come in. So, I think the last intake cell so with kids and late, it's like 10 o'clock so it's like second period um, so it's after that that the officer then has to go to a safe um, somewhere located in the building and put the weapon away um, and then when it's time for dismissal right um, like now if the officer goes out of the building for lunch he can go get his gun and, and go and get lunch um, but when it's time for dismissal later on in the day you know maybe 20 to 30 minutes prior to dismissal the officer can then put the gun on again um, and, and those same students that people say are scared to see a police officer with a gun, th- that walk past that same officer in the morning and he has his gun. They then walk past him again later on in the afternoon and the officer has the gun. So with this this mindset that the kids are gonna be so scared of police, um, I mean it's all fear mongering in my point in my, you know, from my perspective.
1: Mr. Bolt, right now uh, written next to the point. One. I'm sorry, Mr. Fort, right, I, I, Rich Blackman here. I, I agree 100% with you. Uh, one question that I, I wanted to ask is being in some counties like Baltimore County and Anne Arundel County, uh, I've noticed that they have what they call resource officers there, which are actual uh, well, uh, county police officers and Anne Arundel County police officers. They are allowed to carry their weapon in the schools. So what's the difference? Why, why would that be Kinda, in a sense, uh, a difference, and still in the state of Maryland, but.
2: So, so let me, yeah, let me explain that. And and there's an old saying: you don't know where you're going unless you know where you come from. So I, I had to do the research. In 1967, school police was formed. Um, it was formed as the, the group that would just respond to alarm calls when people break into schools at night. Um, somewhere around the early 80s, they started putting school police officers inside of schools. Um, the old uniform that they used to wear was like a blazer and, and some slats, so it would be like the, the security guard at a, at a uh, office building. Um, around 1991, uh, Governor Schaefer passed Senate Bill 550, which made school police officers a full-service police department, as opposed to like a security guard, where um, school police prior to 1991 they were special police, quote unquote. Uh, so basically, where they had arrest powers only on the grounds of the schools, um, they still had to go through the police academy, which was it, bog- it boggled my mind. You have to go through the police academy and be certified as a as a as a police officer, but then. Back then, um, I don't know how they came up with this thing about special police, but uh, in 1991, all school police officers became a full-service police department. So um, every police officer in the, in the state of Maryland is governed by the Maryland Police Training Standards Commission. Um, that's Maryland State Police, Anne Arundel County, Baltimore County, uh, Chief Pleasant, uh, Bladensburg, every police department you can think of, they all are governed by um, the Maryland Police Training and Standards Commission. Okay. And so is Baltimore City School Police, governed okay. by the same agency. Every police officer in the state of Maryland has a blue card, quote unquote, uh, which is the term that's used. It's, it's a certification card to say that you are, you know, duly um, employed to, to enforce the laws. So the difference between a Baltimore City School Police officer and a Baltimore County Police officer assigned to the schools. The only difference between the two is that Baltimore County officers get paid by Baltimore County government and school police officers get paid by the Baltimore City Board of Education. That's it.
1: Okay. Okay. Wow. That is
0: actually, it's very enlightening. That's absolutely amazing right now. Uh, next question I have for you here is All right, you don't carry guns in the school. If something happens, I know you can't give up too much technical information since something go down but just give us an idea of what do you have at your disposal inside of a school if an emergency was to happen, a tactical threat so, happened to the school.
2: So, you know, um, all of our officers are trained and certified in dealing with the active shooter or active assailant. So everybody thinks about an active shooter, but a person with a baseball bat is just as, as, uh, as dangerous as a person with a the, with the firearm. Um, so we're trained in active assailant. Um, uh, how to respond to that? Uh, a one-man response, a, a, a two-man response, a, a five-man response. Um, we understand that the cavalry is coming, um, and and some will suggest that once there's a, a citywide broadcast, um, that's enough safety for Baltimore City students. That it's enough to know that the cavalry is coming. However, seconds mean lives. So, in the event of an active shooter, if you're a school-based officer there's no legal mechanism available in order to allow the officer to go to retrieve the weapon from the safe. There's nothing. So if the officer was to go get the gun from the safe, he's in, in, a, in a sense, taking the law into his own hands um, and, and subjecting himself to a, um, a handgun violation by the state's attorney's office. I mean, that, wow. that is that's wow. just the reality. Um, you know there was an incident a couple years ago where the trespasser was in uh, the Lake Clifton campus and one of our officers engaged him um, and the the young man spat on the police officer and then the officer responded by smacking him and kicking him Uh, there was discussion um, I mean amongst our commanders and the state's attorney's office on they wanted to charge him with a handgun violation because he had his gun on at the time that he engaged that that person that that spat on him Um, so so it, it, it's it's like, you know, you roll the dice. We do know that, you know, we have patrol units throughout the city that will respond um, to uh, a, a call for, you know, an, an emergency. But you have somebody that's right there that when they left their house this morning, they brought the tool with them to stop this threat. However, the law prevents them from using that tool. And it's in the building with them when it should be in their holster. I mean... To to have somebody, if you're standing in the cafeteria, and somebody comes in and starts shooting in the cafeteria, to have to run out of the cafeteria, to run to your office, open your office door, get to the safe, open the safe, get your gun, load the gun, put it in your holster, run back to the cafeteria. I mean that that's too much time when you're talking about trying to you know make sure that you maintain you know life and liberty and protect protect people that deserve. To have, you know, to be in a safe environment.
0: Wow. That is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, what about uh well just recently, uh, I think it was the twenty second, I don't wanna be do, I think it was Tuesday, they had the vote at the school board. And it was ten to zero to keep the police officers in school unarmed. Uh, I mean, what do? You, what what can we do to change that? I mean. Is it, I heard that the uh, the delegate that, that was I, I apologize for getting her name, but uh, she Deligence actually pulled the bill back. Yes. Yes. Del-
2: del- yeah. Delegate Cheryl Glenn, uh, you know I, I commend her for having a foresight um, and being bold enough to say, "Hey, look, our children deserve their safety." Um, but for you know, Delegate Glenn is is uh, you know she said it clear that if there is not consensus between the mayor and the school board, then the bill does not have the votes to survive. Um, so you have, you know, the people that are um, that testified against this. Some of them are using this as their political football because they want to run for city council and, and other uh, other races to say, "Oh, we defeated the school police officers with guns bill, um, and we're not putting more guns around our kids." And when I hear more guns, I'm like, Jesus Christ! Do you really understand that the police officer has the gun already? brings the gun to work. The kid sees the gun in the morning, the farm, they see it in the afternoon. And to say that we're adding more guns, there's no fiscal note to this. There's you know, nobody's going to a gun store and, and buying guns and saying, hey, and now you guys can carry guns. I mean, so it's just, it's just the wording that people use in order to um, to, to to make their point. Um, but at this point, we we are we're subject to the fact that the law is not going to change unless uh, somebody um, puts the bill in and moves forward and, and take a vote. What this does, it gives everybody cover. The school board you know, has, has given cover to the politicians that would have voted for or against this. The one thing that they don't want to have on their record is a no vote. If they vote no and we have a mass casualty incident in the schools, then this could be used against them in the future. So this is all politics. It's all politics. Yeah. Understood. Wow.
1: So do you think that possibly if, if it's a thing of, well, I guess that wouldn't really work either, but maybe a non-lethal, uh, weapon that the officer could carry all the time in, in the school? What do you think?
2: So being, being a person that has had experience, um, as a ship commander, has seen non-lethal weapons used. Um, that person that was in the middle of the Baltimore City uh, riots in 2015 has seen um, beanbags and and all of that stuff used. I've seen somebody shot in the face with one of those things on on the corner of um, of uh, Gwynns Falls and and in crisis in, uh, in, uh, Town during the middle of the riots. And I mean. Uh, answer two. Either way, it could either put his eye or, or hit him in the temple and mm-hmm. probably kill him. I mean, the force that are used with those non-lethal weapons is the equivalent of, of, of being hit with a baseball bat. Wow. Um. So, you know, I, I look at it like this. Um, it's okay. You know, it, it would be the equivalent of taking a fire extinguisher to a burning glaze mm-hmm. of a warehouse. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not enough power to do what it needs to do. I mean. You need to put water on the, on the fire and, and somebody with a handgun. You need to have a good guy on the other side with a handgun in, in order to stop
0: it. Mm-hmm. Well, one other question. I didn't think about this before, but how is has this affected the? I don't want you to speak to everyone. I know you, you can't, but as a union president, you probably speak to a lot of people and you probably have a gauge of what's going on. What is the morale like amongst the uh, city police officers?
2: Well, I mean, our officers, our officers just say they, they are fully committed to, to safety. Um, some people are questioning, you know, the respect or, or, or admiration that members of the school board actually have for them um, to, to suggest that they would be, um, some in some ways, use a weapon against a, a kid and and to have that, as, as an employee of the district, to have this narrative about us out there and it not be uh and it be supported by the members of the board to say that you know you guys would probably do something to black and brown children and and things like that when you have a a police department that's 97 percent african-american to suggest that we as baltimore city residents and born and raised in the baltimore city public school system are going to subject kids to some sort of abuse um is wrong so some of our officers are all wearing their options um, if you look around at some of the local jurisdictions, in the last five years, some leaders of other jurisdictions, um, you know, I'm talking about sergeants, lieutenants, and, and all the way up to director, are uh, uh, within the last five years, with the school police officer, people are leaving and going to other jurisdictions that are paying them for their expertise, and paying them for their knowledge, and, and paying them for the job that they expected to do. Um, so, you um, It's sad that I, you know, I I talk to parents on a daily basis. They send me messages on Facebook. Uh, I was having dialogue with a parent earlier today, where the parents are saying, "Why doesn't my kid matter to the members of the school board? Or why why should my kid's safety be compromised?" You know, um, I I saw a parent say, "There's no data to suggest that any of the 24 school superintendents in the state of Maryland would be subject." to any violence or threats. But yet, the Baltimore City superintendent or, or the, the CEO, she has two armed police officers assigned to her. But the students don't. So, I mean, wow. that, that's just the reality of what we're dealing with. Wow.
0: That is almost unacceptable. <laughs> the things you just don't know sometimes. You, just, you don't see the whole picture. And I wonder if the board members know these
2: things. Oh, they don't. They
0: know. Wow. Um, That's absolutely amazing. Hey, Mr. Mr. Bovrite, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for, uh, for coming on and doing this.
1: Absolutely. i to try to
0: get this out to as many people as possible because uh, this has been very, very enlightening for myself, and I'm pretty
1: sure for Mr. Slacken as well. Absolutely. Thank you for Just coming right on now. the show.
2: I, I thank you, gentlemen, for having me again. And, um, you know, please feel free to reach out to me anytime if I can be of any assistance to you.
0: Awesome. We, we, we will do. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And have a great day.
2: Thank you. Good the same.
1: Wow. So that was a great interview, guys. I hope you guys are really listening up. You know, uh, definitely we want to hear from you guys on this matter. Let us know what you think. So please hit us up on all of our platform any of our platforms and let us know what you guys think. Again, this is Rich Blackman and it's Roscoe Squeeze Off. Peace.
3: As they say, the barbershop is the cornerstone of the community. We discuss everything under the sun while bringing you that barbershop style convo in a podcast. It's hosted by myself, Roscoe squeeze and my co-host, Rich Blackman. Please check us out on our Facebook page at The Barbershop Breakdown Show on Facebook. You can also join our private group from that very page. If you want to text us any of your comments or ideas, you can text us at 754-CALL-BBS, which is also 754 225 5227. We look forward to all your comments, all your ideas. If you have any topics or ideas you'd like to even be on our show, text us, communicate with us on Facebook. We can make it happen. This is the Barbershop Breakdown. You can go to our Facebook page, the Barbershop Breakdown Show. You can also friend us on Facebook by searching for Barbershop Breakdown. You can also go to us on Twitter at Barbershop Down. And then you can email us barbershopbreakdown at gmail.com.